uh, his wife, Nancy, uh, and a host of Kenyan national uh, folks uh, are engaged in a ministry called Kenya Kids Can. And uh, here's, here's a real quick rundown. Steve and I attended Arlington High School in Arlington Heights, Illinois, as freshmen back in the fall of 1969, um, which means Steve and I have been friends uh, for most of 41 years. There were some years both in high school and college when I didn't treat him well, uh, for which I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, but we really have been lifelong friends. That's for darn sure. And um, Steve uh, and his wife, Nancy, uh, lived in uh, uh, Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, northeast Tarrant County. And, uh, and he was working on a pretty good career path. He uh, worked for Oracle Corporation, and uh, you know, you know, he, had a, he had a good career path lined out when his wife, Nancy, conceived their third child. Um, and Nancy was like 40-ish, some, somewhere around there. And, um, and a, a, an older woman with a pregnancy, there are certain risk factors. And the child was diagnosed in the womb as uh, uh, having trisomy 13, which is a genetic disorder that uh, in only language that the medical community could use is, quote, not compatible with life. I think 90% of the children die within first 24 hours of birth. And then of those that remain, uh, like 90% of those die uh, within a week. And um, uh, I talked to Steve on the phone when he was going through that. And he said, uh, we, we're getting ready to welcome this child into the world. And he said, I, he said I've gone from working on the, uh, the nursery to also making arrangements at the funeral home. Now you can imagine what you know a mix of emotions of that was. And Stephen Wrigley Pfeiffer uh, was born and lived for eight days, I believe. Is that correct? Stephen Wrigley lived for eight days, and um, you, you know, I, I, I cannot literally even imagine you know the depth of what that does to a father and to a mom. And uh, all of a sudden, the fast track and the uh, the exciting life of Dallas Fort Worth didn't seem. Um, uh, as appealing, and uh, Steve uses the image. He said he felt like he was a car stuck in neutral. It's like he could put his foot on the gas and the engine would rev, but nothing would happen. And they they took a position at Rift Valley Academy in the Rift Valley of Kenya uh, for one year as dorm parents uh, for uh, the the children of missionaries. And uh, there was a famine in Kenya, the, certainly that year and probably for previous years. And uh, Steve visited a school where the children were lying down as the on the like the either the the bare floor or the dirt floor as the the teacher was teaching and he asked the teacher later what's the deal and she said well it's thursday and most of them haven't eaten since monday and if they sit up straight they'll faint and uh from uh the loss of their own child and encounters like the one i just described and others uh steve began to realize that if he could couple feeding children with going to school, that they could impact both the dropout rate, which was nearly half, uh, and also uh, help the parents do the math of my kid will get one good meal a day if they go to school. And so sure enough, they tried it in one school with whatever limited resources they had, and the dropout rate went from nearly half to nearly nothing. And, um, and in fact, enrollment starts to increase when word gets out that they'll feed your kid. And... Um, I don't know exactly how many years ago that was. It's got to be going on 10 or 11, something like that. And um, over the years, that feeding program has grown to where 20,000 Kenyan children get one meal a day at school. And, uh, yeah, amen to that. And um, 
the you know the and, and and at all of these schools the enrollment rates go up and then other schools contact uh, Steve's ministry and say well you know can't you do it for us and twenty thousand seems like a lot to us sitting here today but I know Steve's heart is that you know he also sees the ones that don't get the meals um, and um, so that's been that's been Steve's life and his ministry uh, along the way he and his wife uh, Nancy have two more children now uh, they've been in Katie. So they have four children alive and one that's gone on to be with the Lord. They have Matthew, JT, Ben, and Katie, who are twins, uh, which is wonderful. And, you know, he may or may not talk about them. I don't know. And Steve's been here before uh, in the 14-year history of our church. Uh, he's been here 74 times. No, that's not true. Uh, but uh, the last time he spoke was three years ago. So many of you we recognize may have never heard him speak. And uh, the reason I did the really long introduction like that is we actually invited Steve to say, look, you don't have to pitch your ministry. We're in. Um, and um, you know how we do the least of these offering on the last Sunday of every month? Tell me you know that. Good. Okay. Thank you, Heather. Um, so this month, our least of these offering at the end of the month is going to go to Kenya Kids Can. So uh, would you please take note here on the 14th of uh, November, I think today's the 14th, that the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, 100% of the least of these offering is going to go to Kenya Kids Can. So we're going to bless his ministry in that regard, uh, just on our regular schedule so that it doesn't kind of throw things off. Um, and then we're going to take him out for a burrito, and that'll be his honorarium today. Um, um, if you if you know because it's Thanksgiving weekend that you're not going to be here for the least of these offering, you can just see me and, and hand me something and designate it for that, and we'll be sure that we add it to that. Because I recognize there may be some people on the road. Uh, economic conditions change a lot, but roughly two bucks and fifty cents feeds a Kenyan child for a month. So even college kids, you know, Starbucks money can feed a Kenyan child and keep a Kenyan child in school for a month. Uh, so if you're not going to be here on the last Sunday of the month, uh, you know, you, you can just see me and I will make sure that your gift uh, is designated exclusively towards that. So that's the pitch for the offering that we will not receive today. I bet you've never heard that in church before. There's the pitch for the offering we are not receiving today. Uh, and uh, we, we asked Steve, uh, you, you talk about your ministry or not talk about your ministry. You can talk about whatever you want because we just love you. He is, by the way, uh, one of my dearest friends. So here he is. I, I'm, I'm very grateful to be back here again. I, I've been to a lot of uh, Christian colleges lately. And if I, I, I usually offend somebody in every town I go to. So your mother's ugly. Okay, let's get it out of the way. Okay, so. But at Christian colleges, there's a rule. And the rule is the cuter the girl singer, the worse the voice. And I was at a school in the Northwest, and I'm on the stage, so I got to put on my holy missionary face. And this young woman grabs a song. She wrestles it to the ground. <laughs> and she, like, gnaws on it like it's raw meat. And 
I go, you know, do they do punked at a Christian college? Because, like, am I supposed to go, yeah, this is a good song. And, like, I look at the guys in the band, and they're like, you know, they're getting into it. And so, like, the second song came, and she grabs it and starts punching the song in the face. (laughs) And so today when your worship pastor got up, I went, oh, gosh. (laughs) And she broke the mold. That's, That's a great thing. The thing I love about this church is you wait for God to show up. And during the worship, at, at one point, the band was looking at each other like, what do we do next? Are we going to go for another one? Is God going to give us a word? I was at a big mega last night, and they're good. They love Jesus. It is scripted. And at one point, somebody walked on and brushed a microphone. I mean, kind of, so it kind of went. And, and everybody in that auditorium is looking at each other. Could this be the end of the world? I mean, it's not in the bulletin. It's and it, it's just nice to be at a church that kind of lets God do stuff if he wants to do stuff. And, I'm grateful to be here. Uh, let's see. I wrote down. I, I, I'm at that great stage of life where I can't see anymore. And so, let's see. In 2007, um, I was back in the States for five months. My uh, oldest son had graduated from high school, and he was starting at Wake Forest. So we came back, and... Um, I had four churches in a row, including this one, where they had somebody else scheduled. So I did the mission minute. And the guy in 2007 was just great. He talked about one of his children that went through something terrible and just how God met. It was great, but it was three out of four. And I got to the last church. And it was kind of a military guy. And he goes up to me. He goes, you got 60 seconds. At 61, I get a hockey stick, and I hit you till you can't walk again. Am I clear? (laughs) So I said, I'm clear. So... I kind of was done by then, you know? So he gives me the microphone, and he looks at me. I go, I would like to speak. And I talked this way. And this guy was just like, and so in the last 10 seconds, I, I read my scripture and said, thank you. And like, that was a terrible thing, to, but it was so worth it. it was, <laughs> and in 2007, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe God's wrapping it up. I'm getting lots of mission minutes, and 
when we came back, we had uh, 10,000 kids we were feeding a day, and we built solar computer centers, and we had 10 of those completed. But nothing was opening up, and I kind of thought, well, I had a run, maybe it's time. And then they, CNN has this thing called CNN Heroes, and I've never had cable. I, Ray and Kim just like don't even know who I am. Like I, I'm just not a TV guy. And uh, th this is gonna the second time that I get to offend you. But um, I have a friend in Texas who, when I'm in the states, I cut out ads for Preparation H. And I mail it to him, and I say, maybe this can help. You know, just trying to be a good friend to him. I get a call from CNN, and they said, 7,000 people have been nominated for CNN Heroes. You're a finalist. And I said, for the hemorrhoid vaccine? Because I think it's this guy gassing me. And I won. I got to be on live TV. I got kissed by Tyra Banks. And, and it was great because she was wearing something cut down to about here. And I just could see the picture in the newspaper, missionary pervert. <laughs> so I had to, like, hi, how are you? Just, I'm not making eye contact below the ears. I'm just like, you know. but God opened stuff, stuff up, and, and, and that, was, that was good. In the process, I got my multicultural story. Now, I hate when I come here and get to hear Ray preach because, like, like he's just so, he's so good, you know? Like, he's so good, and, like, he ties everything together. And, like, I, I'm disjointed, and, like, I try to be funny, and then I try to be serious, and, like, it's, like, large leaps, and, like, somebody, I remember somebody saying, I laughed when you said about those eight kids starving to death. I thought that was another joke, and, like... <laughs> I don't do transitions, and I don't sum up well. And so I, I'm kind of jealous of Ray. And, and I really can't make this story fit into anything, but it's multicultural. I, it's kind of, I got to go to Korea because of the CNN thing. And uh, um, uh, I'm a college counselor at Rift Valley Academy. It's a boarding school for missionary kids. So I'm going to speak at a college. And I decided to visit a bunch of colleges while I was there. 15% of our population is Korean. So I'm staying in a $17 a night hotel, which has all the amenities you might expect with a $17 a night hotel. And I get off the subway, and the guy that I'm with says, there's your place. And he gets back on the subway. He's staying with his sister. So I go over to this little Thing. <laughs> and I say, do you have a curfew? And language was kind of an issue. I can say, dari, which is strawberry. <laughs> and that's all I can say in Korean. So, um, so he said, no curfew, no curfew. So I went over to the cyber cafe because I wanted to write to my wife. Came back an hour later, and this thing is boarded up with a big fence. I go, oh, I'm going to have to, like, jump the fence. So I go to the top of the fence, and there's an electric wire, and there's barbed wire, and there's broken glass. I'm like, well, like, they're serious, you know? 
And it starts to rain. I go, I'm in the middle of Seoul, Korea. I know one guy. I don't know where he is. I don't have a cell phone. I know what to do. So I, I go back to the cyber cafe, and it's a dollar an hour to stay in there. And uh, I'm on the Internet another hour. And by this time, I've looked up, like, popular shoe sizes for, you know, like, I, like I'm so bored to death. On Korea, it, there's a big um, culture of gaming. There, there's like 150 guys in there that just game all night. And they're all playing the same game. So I said, can you get me in the game? <laughs> now, my nine-year-olds beat me in Wii. I'm no good at any of this stuff. I was in technology, and I was bad at it then. I'm worse at it now. But they're shooting people. All the directions are in Korean, and none of them had to do with strawberry. So I, you know. <laughs> but we're playing a game. At one point in the game, I don't know the name of the game, but I'm running. And a hundred people are chasing me in the game, throwing grenades at me, shooting at me, and they're all laughing at me. <laughs> Not so tough, no! So I see a bazooka. And I am going to get the bazooka, and I'm going to shoot somebody in the head. <laughs> so I grabbed the bazooka, but instead of like going like this, and I throw it behind me, which I was not trying to do. And it goes. <laughs> the lights start going on in the center, flashing. The guy that's running it going, this is the highest score in the history of this center. It's the highest score in Seoul. And guys are running up to me and high-fiving me, go, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And I said, American skill. <laughs> now I have to transition out of that, which has nothing to do with Africa. Um, okay, um, I've done two gross things. This is the third gross thing, why Africa is different. I'm at a school. And, and I, the ministry we have is in rural area. And um, I had not been to the school before. And I said, the headmaster, how do I get here? He goes, you will go until you see the draft. You turn left at the draft. And then you will go until you think you're going to hit the zebra. Turn right. And that's how I got there. But he told me it would take uh, 10 minutes. Two hours later, I finally get there. So I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to need to use the uh, restroom, which is an outhouse. He goes, we will need to come in there with you. And I said, well, <laughs> I, I want to honor different cultures, and I'm, I, I don't want to be an imperialist, but <laughs> back where Ray and I come from, <laughs> We go potty by ourselves. You know? <laughs> he said, you do not understand. In the long drop, there is a black mamba. And he said, we have to send somebody in there, and they will use the sticks to beat it back 
why? <laughs> now, I don't know, like, if you've ever been, like, you're at an airport or something, and there's a row of things that guys use, and you kind of, like, get a little shy around it. You don't know shy <laughs> until a guy is back, 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 and you done yet. I, I, the ministry's grown to, we got, that's good transition, right, right? <laughs> um, we've got, we're feeding 20,000 kids a day, and we have 20 solar computer centers up. I had a kid um, who got hired when he graduated by a company um, to do access programming, um, Microsoft's database and he called and they said they'd pay him a thousand shillings a day which is about thirteen dollars a day and most Kenyans make seven thousand dollars or seven thousand shillings a month so thousand shillings a day is pretty good pay he calls me and says hey can I have lunch with you and so I'll be in Nairobi on Tuesday so have lunch with them and we go up to his office meet everybody and we go to a little duca for lunch little place on the side of the road. He says, I'm buying one Coke, but I will put more in your glass than his, or than mine. I said, that's great. Next day he calls, thanks for lunch. I said, no, thank you. And he goes, you don't understand. My boss thought you were trying to steal me away. He raised me to 3,000 shillings a day. (laughs) So I said, next time I get my own Coke. But so we've seen lots of success and kids getting jobs. Our thought has been if we can get a generation through high school with good nutrition and they learn technology, they're not going to be poor. Um, and I'm almost done talking about it because that's really not why. Gosh, I'm just like being in the room with Ray Hollenbach when you've got all these transitions. It's just intimidating. But uh, so God's done some cool stuff. There's been hard stuff, though. Uh, I had a kid die in my arms a few months ago. Um, there's so many medical issues that are um, when your immune system is weak because you don't eat enough, stuff that wouldn't do much to you can just take you out. And so a girl fainted, and that's not uncommon. And just died and um, I had a school where the headmaster said I'll no longer allow students to take computer classes I said why he goes until you give me a computer you can't take classes they can't take classes I said I'm not giving you a computer he goes no classes I said okay I'm pulling the food he goes you can't do that I got my phone out and said hey Margaret go to Canton and take all the food 30 minutes? Great. I said, <laughs> that was easy. I've changed my mind. And I said, tough. Not going to threaten me, threaten these kids. And he put his hand on my shoulder and said, brother, will you pray with me? I said, no. You don't want to pray with me. You want to play me. 
I'm not going to get played. He goes, you're not a very good missionary. <laughs> and I said, every time I come here, you're drunk. You're drunk in front of little kids. Their role model is drunk. So the next time I come here and you're drunk, I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to break your nose, or I'm going to break your jaw, or I'm going to break a rib. And you're going to always remember it's not a good idea to be drunk in front of little kids. He goes, you're a very bad missionary. <laughs> so I, so that's what we're doing. I, I, I should also mention I'm the college guidance counselor for Rip Valley Academy, and uh, that's missionary kids. And two weeks ago, I was in Boston, and I had dinner with three former students who are at Harvard, three former students at MIT, and a former student who's at Wellesley. And uh, Wellesley hasn't gotten a lot of missionary kids for some mysterious reason. I, I don't, <laughs> might be that it's sort of a little liberal school, but uh, the young woman that's there asked permission to do a Bible study. And uh, uh, a lesbian young woman said, no, we find that Christians are our enemies. And she just said, Jesus died for everybody. And this woman started crying. And she has a Bible study with 300 people a week. And it's just interesting to hear how God is using these kids all over. So, <laughs> transition. But really what I'm here to talk about is my relationship with the Lord for the last two and a half years has been daily. It's included scripture. But it's all about I'm in a crisis every day. I don't have enough money to get food to the school. What do I do? If she doesn't get hospital care, she's going to die. If I take her, there's seven other kids that need hospital care. What should I do? Father comes in, a missionary, sits down on chair next to me and goes, I've been on the mission field since I was 21. We've saved $700 for my daughter's college. If you can't find her a place, she can't go to college. God, what do I do? So what's happened is I'm done. I'm burnt out. And what I've allowed myself to do is lose my relationship with the Lord. What I've done is become a user of God. Now, don't get me wrong. He's the one that provides all our needs. He's the one with all the answer. But at the core of what it's supposed to be is I got a relationship with God. And if I go to to front row person and say, buy my lunch today? After lunch, I say, good shoes. Can I have your shoes? If it's, if it's always just 
me getting stuff, if I lose the relationship, what happens is you got nothing. And I'm really here to just say to you, I don't know what to do right now. I'm discovering. I mean, it was about 20 days ago where I go. There's nothing in the bucket. It's completely dry. I guess when you're a missionary, even if you don't do anything, you look good to a certain side rink just because you showed up. And people put you in a place that, I mean, I hope I have been gross enough to realize I'm not a very holy missionary. But where I am right now is scripture says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength all I knew know what to do right now is wait I got nothing which is I, really I, I kind of I spoke last night and uh, <laughs> guy came up to me after I said Jesus what a downer <laughs> Sorry, and I, I I don't I don't mean it that way. For me, I feel real free. I don't care how I look anymore. I mean, <laughs> part of the reason we came back to the states is my middle son graduated from high school. We had to get him in college, and um, my oldest son is getting married in May, graduating from Wake Forest. I, and I had to have eye surgery. And um, there's one eye doctor in Kenya that the doctors recommend. And I went to his clinic, and he uh, kind of got an outdoor clinic, and older lady sitting next to me, and they call her name. She goes, will you hold my goat? I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you said, could I hold your goat? And she goes, here's my, <laughs> my goat. I was afraid it would be stolen. I said, yeah, okay, I'll hold your goat. So I'm holding the goat, and they call me. And I go, well, and they say, oh, we have goats all the time, bring it in. So I'm holding this goat, and goats, I don't know, like if any of you hang out with goats, but they're not into eye doctors. Like this was all squirming. I said, come on, goat, goat, come on. Good eye doctor. And so that guy looked at my eye and said, if we do the surgery here, you have a one in a thousand chance of infection. You do the surgery in the States, you have one in a hundred thousand. And so I came back to the States and uh, I didn't even have to hold a goat while I had the surgery. So <laughs> I came back. I, I guess I, I wish I could do a, a woohoo message, but I'm excited to just go in front of you and say, I'm a burnout, and I got nothing.
and I'm excited that I feel like I can be vulnerable in front of the body of Christ instead of what I used to do. I get to be a missionary. It's so great. When I pass gas, it is so pure. Somebody follows me with a jar. We sell it at Macy's for a hundred bucks an ounce. I got nothing. And I'm excited to find God. Because I realized I can't go on the way I am. Don't don't do what I did. Don't let crisis overrule your relationship with the Lord. I I I should conclude conclude with something funny or positive, right? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. A um, couple of years ago, I, I'm one of those annoying people now that doesn't know if it was last year or 15 years ago, you know? Well, <laughs> but I was just like, speaking and I, I I had driven all night to it was I was in the states for a conference and this church said will you come and speak and I was in Texas for two days so I got up at midnight and drove eight hours to Oklahoma if you live in Texas that's a bad thing to do anyway we don't like those people <laughs> anybody here from Oklahoma they're not good Actually, I'm sure there's somebody good there. I just haven't met anybody good from Oklahoma. But I drive, get there, and i am got a car that's I paid $400 for, and the air conditioner is moody, which if it gets above 70 degrees, it decides. So it was 100 degrees, and kind of got there and had to, like, go to a gas station and hose down and, the, the way they did this was they said, speak at both services and then greet people on the way. You, you know, you do talk to the Sundays. I'm happy to do all that and do all that. And uh, leave, and he goes, this is for your ministry. And, and I go, thank you. I sit in my pocket, go out to the car, and it's 20 bucks, which didn't pay for my gas. And I was just like, I can't make this grow. So spoke one more place. Guy writes to me the next day and says, I was the co-author of Tom Landry's autobiography. I want to do a book with you. And <laughs> yeah, right. He was. He said, you need an a agent. Gives me a list of 10 people. He said, we can't proceed to contact um, publishers until you have an agent. I don't know anything about this stuff. First guy on there, he said, that's the guy, but he didn't take on new people. I was going to be in California the next day, so I called the guy. And uh, 
says, you want to go to lunch? He's like, who are you? <laughs> Nobody. But you know, he goes, yeah. So we go to lunch. And uh, he says, you know, I, I kind of have given this over. I, I've only kept two clients. But I'll take you on. The next day I found out whose two clients are Chuck Swindoll and Beth Moore. When you lay it down, that's when he likes to make his move. Now, I will tell you, the book is going to come out in August. And my daughter, we adopted twins in Kenya. And my daughter said, Dad, you got an advance for the book, which was more than two years' salary. I don't make a lot of money as a missionary, but it, it was a lot of money for us. And she goes, what do I get? I said, if the book is a number one bestseller, I'll buy you a pony. <laughs> so when the book comes out next year, you decide if my daughter's dreams come true. <laughs> I'm grateful that you guys would have me again. Blessings to you.